0: Hey everybody, how are you guys doing? I hope you guys are doing great. We're getting to the end of March. Today's Tuesday, March 30th, and you found me at my little corner of the internet. This is Heidi St. John, and this is Off the Bench. I hope you guys are ready to be encouraged today. I'm gonna answer some questions from listeners, and we're gonna talk a little bit about the headlines. Stick around, I think you're gonna be encouraged. So I'm glad you guys have joined me. Before we get started today, I wanna read to you out of Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid, even if I am attacked. I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek the most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me when trouble comes. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Don't you love that? Do you feel better already? I feel better already. We need to remember who the Lord is. And the Bible teaches us that he is our light and our salvation. And because of that, we don't need to be afraid. And I'm gonna be addressing some of your questions today, talking a little bit about what's happening in the culture. And I thought, man, it's just a good way to start to say the Lord is our light and our salvation. Of whom shall we be afraid? The Lord is the stronghold of our life. And when he's the stronghold, when you know that the Lord is your rescuer, the Lord is your redeemer, the Lord is the one who protects your reputation, then it changes the way you interact with the world or it should. It should change the way you interact with the world. And so as I'm gonna you know, jump into some of the headlines today and talking about kind of what's going on in the culture and the struggles that we're having, because, you know, let's be honest, we're having some struggles. There's some struggles going on right now. God hasn't changed. God has not changed. And before we sink into, because you can read the headlines and just start feeling really discouraged, I don't want to feel discouraged. And I don't want you to feel discouraged. We can trust the Lord. And speaking of feeling discouraged, I have been encouraged by a lot of you who are continuing to support the podcast. Thanks to Jennifer from Renton to Debbie from Kennewick who wrote, Dear Heidi, your podcast and Bible studies are such a blessing in my life. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you, Jennifer. We appreciate those notes. We appreciate your financial support. We are probably, as we were, you know, my life has turned into some sort of crazy I mean, it's bonkers, right? Because obviously because of the run for Congress, but I was talking to some women, actually some, some uh, women and their husbands. We had a great time talking to so many of you guys this last weekend in Rogers, Arkansas. We teach them diligently. And I was really encouraged and struck by the number of people that were coming up to me and saying, hey, thank you so much for, for set and being a pace car for everybody because I'm getting off the bench and I was telling a couple of these these wonderful parents that the thing that's hard for us right now you know and there are a lot of things right everybody's going through something the world's still on fire I noticed the street signs have changed here in Washington state now they say vaccinated or not keep your mask up oh okay (laughs) I mean it just I I just it goes on and it's over a year now goes on and on and on and on and I believe that our uh, elite politicians, and I think that our governor and many of the governors, not just mine here in Washington, but also in Oregon and California, they want you in a, in a constant state of fear because they want you to think that you, that they are your protection. This is not the role of government, by the way. And so... I continue to be frustrated by that, but as Jay and I have entered in this new season and embarked on a run for Congress, something we've never done before, because it's not my full time job, I've basically taken on a full time job of, of uh, you know, getting into the political sphere and then having to still keep all the other balls in the air. So, still writing the Bible studies, still doing the speaking, still making dinner for my kids, still trying to be a wife and a, and a mother and a grandmother and do all the things. And the other day, I was feeling kind of discouraged about it, just like Lord. I'm tired. Like, you know, I keep telling everybody, get off the bench. And I'm so far off the bench, I I can't see the bench anymore. And I want to find it so I can take a nap on it. (laughs) And I thought, you know what, Lord, I just need to remember that where you call us, your grace goes before. And that's really the message, honestly, of the Psalms and King David, who like me, didn't have, there was nothing perfect about his life. And in fact, the Bible teaches us that there's, none of us are righteous, no, not one, that we need the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. And we do, right? I depend on it now more than I've ever depended on it. And I know a lot of you are in that same place right now. I know a lot of you are wrestling with what God wants you to do. And how can you use your voice and your influence? in the spheres of influence that God has you. And I thought, you know what, it'd be encouraging because you guys hear me talk about how I get off the bench and I'm always encouraging you to get off the bench. And clearly that's the name of the podcast, right off the bench and onto the battlefield. But I'm gonna encourage you today to share with me how you guys are getting off the bench. So I really wanna hear from you. And you can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. There's a form there. And if you'll fill that out and just in the subject line, just write off the bench. And- I am. I would love to talk with you guys on the air. I'd love to interview you. I think that other people need to hear from ordinary men and women like you and me who are getting off the bench and onto the battlefield. I think that God's doing something big. And so I'm gonna encourage you to do that. HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. And if you know somebody who's getting off the bench or if you're the one who's getting off the bench, I don't care what it is. Maybe you've decided to start showing up to your school board meetings. Maybe you're running for city council. Maybe you're running for library board. Maybe you've decided to stop listening to the woke church and you have been faithfully looking for another one. I'd love to hear from you. HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. Fill out that form. Tell us how you're getting off the bench and onto the battlefield. And we may call you and see if you'd mind coming on the show with me. I want to let you guys know if you're in the Salem, Oregon area, I'm going to be speaking there at the People's Church on April the 9th and 10th for their Spring Women's Conference. And here's the great title. Are you ready? Reignite. Isn't that awesome? Reignite Ladies Conference at People's Church. Uh, I love it. I love it. After all, that's what we're doing, right? We're igniting a movement. So we're going to meet at the place where faith and culture intersect for a weekend that you guys will not forget. You're gonna love it. And if you wanna join me and get a ticket, go to com forward slash events. All right, you guys, uh, let's talk for just a minute. I'm gonna take your questions. I think I'm gonna kind of sprinkle it into some things that are happening in the news. One of you guys wrote in and said, hey, Heidi, why have you not been talking about what's happening in Alberta, Canada with Pastor James Coates, who many of you guys will remember was, jailed for 35 days because he refused to follow a condition of his bail release. Now, most of the uh, mainstream media news outlets won't tell you what the condition was. The condition was that he wouldn't go to church and preach, (laughs) which is what God asked him to do. And so he's like, well, yeah, let me out of jail, but I'm gonna do the thing, right? And so they charged him with breaking the Rona health measures and uh, they fined him 1,500 bucks. Anyway, he's been released after being in jail, like I said, for 35 days. And he spoke at his church. If you guys haven't had a chance, you should totally do it. Uh, I'll try to link back to it in the show notes today, but all you have to do is search, you know, the internet for Pastor James Coates and you can hear the message he gave just a couple of days ago on Sunday. You guys might've heard he was charged in February, right? After officials said the church that, that's located just west of Edmonton had violated their public health measures meant to help contain the spread of COVID-19. Here's the thing, you guys. You know, there is such a thing as personal responsibility, and I am amazed and I'm continually amazed at the hysteria, the unscientific hysteria. So, when we were in Rogers this last week, there were several physicians that were there, and they, you know, would come up and introduce themselves and say, Hey, we're listening to your podcast. Thank you so much for telling the truth. They said most of the doctors that we work with in our circles, we know the mask doesn't work. Masks do not protect you against viruses. They're they are uh, better used for protecting against bacteria. Viruses are too small, they get right through the mask and you go, oh, droplets, you know, blah, 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 blah. You guys, this stuff is is not working. And now they're telling you, well, if you get the wrong vaccine, you gotta wear your mask anyway. The whole thing, it's just, it's bonkers on a hundred different levels. And I was really encouraged this week because I had one emergency room physician and a surgeon uh, and one who's a doctor's wife come and talk to me. And she came back the next day and brought me some really awesome information that her husband had written. But these guys are so scared. And they're not even from Arkansas. Keep in mind, I mean, there's lots of different, I mean, people came from Oklahoma, they came from Missouri. They are coming from all over the place. So I don't know where these guys were from, but the one thing they had in common they're afraid to tell the truth because they're afraid they're going to lose their job. This is wrong. This is wrong. We need to have a conversation. The conversation's not wrong. Asking questions isn't wrong. When you see what's happening in Canada with Pastor James Coates and people who are being just persecuted because they went to church. You know, because you know, you're a super spreader now. It's it's just the world's on its head. And I'm going to continue just to to pray. And I'm gonna continue to speak the truth over here. And I'm gonna continue to say, you guys, open up your mouths and speak the truth. It's so important. It's never been more important than it is right now that we speak the truth and that we're honest about what we see happening around us. And you don't have to be a jerk to be honest. You just say, hey, I don't, I don't see a good case for this. Explain to me why you think this is right. And then you should be able to discern for yourself, right? It's true. It's true. We did have some good news. I saw my friend Mike Ferris share this on his page. You know, the Alliance Defending Freedom, of course, defending a professor who was uh, attacked and sued because he refused to participate in the lie that is transgenderism. So a federal appeals court on March the 26th, so just a few days ago, reversed a lower court decision, so this is good news, ruling that an Ohio professor's First Amendment rights may have been violated, ding, 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 ding. when his university tried forcing him to refer to a biological male student using female pronouns. Now, you gotta keep in mind, this is Shawnee State University, by the way, and this guy, this this professor has been employed by them for 25 years. And these people are bullies. This, the transgender community, absolutely what it is. So Meriwether, who's a Christian, there's another red flag, right? Oh, it's a Christian. Let's go after him. Boy, that's happening a lot. He sought clarification on the rule and a university official claimed that Christians are, quote, primarily motivated out of fear and should be, quote, banned from teaching courses regarding that religion. She also said that even the, quote, presence of religion in higher education is counterproductive except for Yale University, Harvard University, Princeton. These were all founded on Judeo-Christian values and they did not think that it was unimportant. And I would say that our country actually was doing okay. And we're a mess right now, completely insane. So on the first day of his class, Professor Merriweather was using the Socratic method to lead a discussion and he dressed as he normally does students using gender reference like Mr., He called one person, sir, not knowing that the biological male identifies as female. So of course that just freaked everybody out. And after class, the individual approached Meriwether and demanded that the professor refer to him as a she and use feminine titles and pronouns. Meriwether said he wasn't sure he could and was threatened in response. And they have put the the court documents are up for everybody to see, you can see them. So fascinating, It's, it's fascinating to me to note that, Here's this professor. He said, "I will call him by any name he wants. If he wants me to call him Laura, I'll call him Laura. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to use a pronoun that is wholly inappropriate. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do it." So the situation escalated, and the officials got involved, and the professor's attempt at a compromise, which was not using the pronoun but he would say the name right, was rejected. He got reprimanded. He got a written warning, a union appeal failed. It was dismissed by the provost there, who allegedly openly laughed when the union representative tried to explain why Meriwether felt conflicted because of his faith. So the circuit court judge, which by the way was a George W. Bush nominee, in writing for the appeals court panel, said that not only had the professor plausibly alleged a per- First Amendment violation, it violated his religious rights that are guaranteed in the Free Exercise Clause. Now you got a judge who's thinking constitutionally. So, an attorney's name is his, uh, John, who's senior counsel for the Alliance Defending Freedom, represented Meriwether, and he said in a statement, "quote Nobody should be forced to contradict their core beliefs just to keep their job." So that was. A tremendous victory. Good job to uh, the Alliance Defending Freedom and to this professor for just hanging in there. Also, I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but they are coming up with vaccine passports now. And I have said many times, and I, I think this is true, I think we're heading into a very dark place in this country for a lot of different reasons. A vaccine passport is a ridiculous idea on its face, but if you live in Florida, You've got an awesome governor. you got Ron DeSantis, woot, woot. And yesterday, he said in a press conference that he's gonna take emergency executive action against the concept of Americans needing a vaccine passport to be able to travel domestically and internationally. He said, and I quote, we're not supportive of that. I think it's something people have certain freedoms, hello, and individual liberties to make, in, to make decisions for themselves. Well, that is a novel concept right now. He said, it's completely unacceptable for either the government or the private sector to impose upon you the requirement that you should show proof of vaccination just to be able to participate in normal society. DeTantis said that people shouldn't need to soak proof of inoculation against the China virus to play a game, a movie, theme parks, or go to other social events. You You want the fox to guard the hen house, he said? Give me a break. I understand kind of how some folks can embrace the idea, and I'm not saying it's all necessarily done for bad purposes, but I think ultimately it would create problems in the state. He is not wrong. The Biden administration will provide, quote, guidance on private sector efforts to develop vaccine passports, the White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki told reporters on Monday. The vaccine passport, you guys, is a terrible, terrible, terrible idea. Even a former Clinton advisor on Sunday on Fox News said that a COVID-19, a mandatory COVID-19 vaccine passport would be, quote, the end of human liberty in the West. For once, I agree with a former Clinton advisor. DeSantis went on to say, if there's one thing we've learned over the past year, it's that lockdowns don't work and Floridians deserve to ret the right to earn a living. Please, Mr. DeSantis, could you come to Washington State? We sure could use you. But this is what's happening in, in the country right now. I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch Joe Biden's first press conference where he had people circle the reporters by their pictures so that he could match the reporter picture to their face and know exactly who was friendly and who was not so he didn't have any hard questions to answer anyway if you haven't had a chance to watch president biden's press conference don't do it it'll just give you a headache (laughs) at least that's what happened to me all right you guys before i end today i'm going to get to a couple of questions from listeners today first of all Rachel, who's frustrated with the liberal agenda. So, Rachel, thank you for your question over at anchor.fm. I'm going to play your question and then I'll answer it.
1: Hi, Heidi. My name is Rachel and I'm a huge fan of yours. You've been such an example to me in the way that you've spoken out boldly and stayed true to your convictions in this crazy world. So, here's the thing I'm so angry and frustrated with the liberal agenda. And the way it's advanced and put restrictions on our freedom. And I'm especially angry with those who claim to be fellow Christians yet support a liberal agenda. They've helped to create this current environment and in many ways I feel betrayed by more progressive Christians and feel that they are partly to blame for the attack on conservatives in our culture. My question is this, how can I stand firm in my convictions without letting anger get the best of me? How can I be kind and understanding without being a pushover? I'm afraid my passion for God's ways and for good things sometimes results in sinful frustration and resentment toward those who think differently.
0: So first of all, Rachel, can I just say, I feel your pain. I understand exactly how you feel. I'm frustrated also. Specifically, I'm frustrated with Christian liberals. You guys heard me talk about this the other day, talking about the pastors, you know, pro-life evangelicals for Biden. What kind of what kind of malarkey is this? Pro-life evangelicals for Biden. And then they say, oh, they're so disappointed. They feel that they've been betrayed because President Biden is doing exactly what he said he would do and funding abortions with your tax dollars overseas. And so now these uh, so-called pro-life evangelicals for Biden are feeling betrayed. Why? I don't understand why they're feeling betrayed because he's doing exactly what he said he would do. And if you haven't read the article, it's actually really worth reading because it gives you an insight into the mind of these people, these Christians who either didn't vote for Trump because orange man bad, they don't like his tweets, He was just too uncouth for everybody. And now we got a guy who would murder babies up until the moment of birth in office, largely because a lot of uh, Trump-hating evangelicals just couldn't stand the thought of Trump being in office again. And so when they said they felt used and betrayed, I was just like, you guys are so foolish and you're short-sighted. Biden's doing exactly what he said he would do. And they are so blinded by their hatred of President Trump that they actually have played a part in electing one of the most pro-abortion presidents in the history of our nation. And progressive Christians like to speak about other issues such as immigration. How's that going? You guys look what's happening at the border. They won't even let people in to take pictures. And the few pictures we have seen are horrific. But remember you guys, the, the right to life is the most fundamental of rights. If you can't be born, nothing else matters. Literally nothing else matters. And so you asked, well, how can I engage and not be a pushover? How can you stand firm without being a jerk? You know? The Bible teaches us very, very clearly that anger is not what God desires, right? The Bible says, actually, in your anger, do not sin. Proverbs 29:11, fools give full vent to rage, but will wise bring calm in the end. James 1.20, human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And so we know that God doesn't want us to lash out in anger. We know that that doesn't please the Lord. But, and we don't wanna be quickly provoked, right? That's Ecclesiastes 7.9, don't be quickly provoked. For anger resides in the lap of fools. But we, we also do not, do not wanna sacrifice truth on the altar Of a misguided mercy, and I think that's where the so-called progressive church has really just gone off the rails. Remember, I'm always telling you guys the enemy doesn't care what ditch he knocks you into, so long as you're in a ditch. So you could be, you know, over here in the ditch of, you know, we're just loving everybody and everybody, you know, everybody just you do you, and we're not actually loving our neighbor as God would have us love him. And that's that's what's so egregious to me about this whole thing. And so, Rachel, I hear you, it is very frustrating. I know for a fact, uh, you know, several people who say that they are Christians who I feel are very short-sighted and now look our nation. I mean, they're they're gonna I mean, you got, you know, Joe Biden in office right now and, and Kamala Harris driving our nation off a cliff. We gotta get off the bench and onto the battlefield. And so that's the last thing I was gonna say, Rachel, is in your frustration, right? Don't 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 let your anger make you sin. Let it motivate you. This is such, there's such a thing as righteous indignation that you look around and you see that our children are being compromised, that our, our nation is not secure. We've got now the first openly transgender dude in, like he wants to make policy for children. It should make you angry. If, it's, if, if you're not angry, you're not paying attention, but the Bible says in your anger, do not sin. It doesn't say you can't be angry. It's just that what you do with how you're feeling what you're doing with that with those these those emotions they either please or they displease the Lord, and we can be winsome even when we're frustrated and Rachel, you can do that too so i would I would say, let it motivate you, let it motivate you to get off the bench a couple uh, another couple of women that I met in Arkansas said that they had gone to their uh, library board and they just said, Hey, could you please label the books that are transgender so like on the you know on the bindings of the library books if it's a christian book it has a little cross on it so people can see right away this is a a faith book this is faith-based and if it's um, scary it has a little skull on it. it's a scary book but if it's trying to indoctrinate your child that gender is just in her head and maybe her anatomy is lying to her they won't put a T for transgender or whatever symbol they wanna put on that. They won't do that. And my friend said that the library board, did not they didn't even look up from their papers. They just totally disregarded them. So she said, we don't wanna go back again. I said, "Don't, don't give up. That's what they want. They want you to be so frustrated and feel so not heard that you just give up and go home. And that's typically what we do. So don't give up. Don't give up, you guys. Hang in there. Take that frustration that you're feeling to the Lord in prayer and say, Father, help me channel this for your glory. What do you want me to do? How can I get off the bench and engage in the culture war that's happening around us for the hearts, particularly for the hearts and minds of our children? Because it absolutely matters. It matters. You guys can be salt and light. You can be an encouragement. You can be a blessing to the people that are around you. You know, I, I am sometimes very frustrated, especially when I see people that claim to be Christians, but they're, they're unkind even, or their attitudes towards other people. You know, the way that they talk to other people is not representative of the Lord at all. And again, it's not wrong to look at what's happening and, and be frustrated, even to be angry, but in your anger, don't sin in your anger. Don't forget that you're still an ambassador. You're his representative. So those of you who are listening to this and you're uh, Christ followers, you're representing Christ. And so you do that first. How do we do that? We love our neighbor. We bring peace when, it, when it's all possible. This is God's word, right? Live at peace with one another. And we know that these things are true. And so we have to ask the Lord, Lord, because we know that he doesn't, when you say live at peace with them, that doesn't mean that you ignore the evil of abortion and just go, well, I guess I'll just be quiet and let people do. No, no, the Bible says rescue those who are being taken away to death. And abortion clinics are the only places in the world right now where innocent people are scheduled to die every single day and we know about it. That should motivate us. It really should. Well, look at that, you guys, I'm out of time. I went over time today. I'm gonna come back tomorrow and answer a couple more of your questions. And then I've got a really, really awesome treat for you. I've been getting a lot of Bible prophecy questions lately. And so I asked the wonderful Phil Hopper, the senior pastor of Abundant Life Church in Lee Summit, if he would come and help me answer some questions. And so he's gonna come on Thursday and we're gonna tackle some of your some of your awesome questions. You guys are fantastic. If you've got questions you would like, address of the podcast. HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday or anchor.fm forward slash John forward slash message and you guys can leave me a voicemail there. So I'll come back tomorrow. I'm gonna answer a voicemail from Desiree and a couple other of your written questions and give you a little bit of a shout out of encouragement from the word of God. And in the meantime, I'm gonna remind you to love your families well. Wives, how can you love your husbands well today? Husbands, how can you, how can you show your wife that you love and cherish her? And uh, to all the young people who are listening, how would God have you behave toward the people that are in authority over you in your life right now? There There is a way that seems right to a man, but the Bible says if we follow our earthly, you know, just our own inclinations, that road actually leads to death. And so we want to say, Lord, help me do what you want me to do. Help me to be an ambassador, someone who reads your word and rightly divides it. Help me to be salt and light to love the people that you love. That's everyone, for God so loved the world we can actually go out, hold our head up high, be ambassadors for the Lord Jesus and expect that he's gonna do good things, amen? He really is. We love you guys. Thank you so much for the support and encouragement that you're bringing to us here at the podcast. If you've got questions, again, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. Have a great afternoon, everybody. And I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.